not like that. I mean, I've seen like uh, some accidental headers or some unexpected headers, but uh, not a, not a, a submarine torpedo header like this. <laughs> Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and in today's episode, we have uh, two matches to talk about because we didn't record a match uh, post-Wednesday's game. We are going to be talking about uh, the amazing win against Phoenix. We've never beaten them by such a large goal differential, but 4-0, I'm already seeing Jared smiling. We, we were right there in the stands, really happy, and I mean, talk about coming back off a 3-0 loss to tell everyone hey you guys are wrong maybe to put it in front of myself who was super critical of what happened against New Mexico but I enjoy that and that's why we do that because we want to get shut up the next episode and so thank you guys for shutting me up <laughs> and then we'll also of course be talking about yesterday's 2-1 win against Las Vegas Lights so six points in a matter of a few days and now we are in a completely different situation than we were last Sunday when we were here uh, worried about, you know, the table and how we could potentially be out of playoffs, which was really crazy to think that. But let's go ahead and introduce our usual two co-hosts here. First, I'll take it over to Elk Grove with Sharon. How's it going, Sharon? Well, hello there. It is a Sunday afternoon and it looks like the weather is going to be doing a nice cool off. And I'm excited to talk about these two matches because... Phoenix was uh, a case of delirium when we saw all those goals, you know, the weirdo goal by Russell and then he scores another weirdo goal with that freaking diving header <laughs> yesterday, last night. I mean, he has like a knack for figuring out how to get the ball in the net and we're so proud of him. You know, and Kecko, I'm just really, I'm, I'm jazzed. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what we all have to talk about. And I'm also looking forward to reviewing some of the highlights because you usually throw the highlights up. And then finally, I'm really excited to talk about the podcast winner dinner. You know, you know, the usual uh, stuff where our competitive ire comes out. Jared, how's it going there in Phoenix? Uh, just uh, staying cool, staying entertained as I can. Uh, did try to go out to a pool party earlier today. I uh, was a little bit strong on there, so I ended up going, going a little bit home early. But aside from that, it's been a great past couple of days both uh, Republic FC related and event related here. So can't wait to discuss the watch party that uh, Phoenix Rising hosted on Wednesday. And then also we're going to discuss uh, Saturday's game against Las Vegas. So yeah, let's, let's dive into that. How's everybody else? Uh, I'm doing pretty good uh, yesterday, of course. In addition to Psych Republic winning, it made me suffer like they usually do, but Crystal managed to pull a win against Atlanta United in the League's Cup and Move on to round of 16, but yeah, they, they had me right there. They almost gave me a heart attack with <laughs> those penalty kicks, and that's why I don't like watching them, but you sometimes get into that situation. So glad that my two teams, um, at least, you know, they, they got a win there after all. And sadly, Fuego, uh, they had a two-win streak, and they lost yesterday by just one goal. So it was a bit sad to see them lose there, but they still got more games. Hopefully, they're able to you know, get back to the uh, winning streak that they had going on there. So, yeah, uh, let's go ahead then and uh, get started with Colossus of Gratitude. So, Sharon, as usual, please uh, do us the honors. And now, one of my favorite segments, Colossus of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect 
and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some galazas of gratitude. So, on my galazas of gratitude, um, there's a lot, but I'll just keep it condensed. Number one, to the squad for, for pulling these winds out of their thin air. That's not what I was going to say. Uh, and getting us uh, massive points, six points like you had said earlier, in a short amount of time with a quick turnaround and the weather not being, you know, the, the most pleasant, especially in Las Vegas. So, you know, the squad and everybody associated with it gets my first Galazzo gratitude. Another one to um, Stephen Ali for the time that he, he put in for uh, Sac Republic, he has moved on to another opportunity on the East Coast back at uh, back in Florida, uh, working with football. That's his first love, American football. He was our uh, director of team operations, I guess, for Sac Republic. So I just want to just give him a shout out um, for all he's done and to welcome in Andre, who's doing some of his role. And it appears as though our friend Emil is also going to be participating alongside the team and it's kind of nice to see that saw him smiling and laughing and I really want to give him a shout out for having you know a happy you know a happy time helping out with the squad first team um the other ones go to just like silly things Christopher Sellers yesterday we celebrated Rosa's birthday her 49er birthday at Christopher Sellers there was a gob of us and they let us just run over you know have whatever we needed as a party location inside and outside and it was just fabulous the weather was great food was incredible we brought our own stuff and drinks of course it's wine so can't go wrong with that really appreciate them and really appreciate all the women who showed up for that party it was you know like my sister showed up tina was there anselin was there rosa was there jane was there you know and a a, a gob of other people chris mechanic i was half expecting and her mom uh, whom we lovingly call tony but her name is linda Inside story, I'll tell you that later. And then also to Oak Grove Police Department, who's at my residence. Um, I've been a little bit under attack by um, some neighborhood um, scofflaws, and um, Oak Grove Police Department has stepped up their vigil, as well as all of my neighbors, to help me feel safer. If you want to know about it, stop me in the whatever. Um, next time you see me at a match or, or, or whatever, it's not a big deal anymore. Um, one last shout out to Nick, who continues to, you know, come up and say hi and thank us for the podcast and everybody else who thanks us for doing a fan-based podcast. Really appreciate you. We still have stickers. Jared. All right. Well, I definitely got some of the glasses of gratitude uh, locally. I uh, want to get, give them to uh, Oso Brewery, uh, which is a local chain, a chain of uh, breweries here, manufacture spirits and beers. Uh, and I, I will have to say they're a Phoenix uh, lager. It's actually not that bad, and, and of course, you've probably seen on some of my postings how, how good it is, so we're, we're definitely going to be revisiting on August 30th. Uh, also, to R.T. O'Sullivan's Pub in Scottsdale for actually having a watch party. Uh, initially, I had emailed with the Phoenix Rising FC uh, staff member, I guess was uh, someone that was trying to sell me future tickets, stated that at first, some watch parties were mainly for season ticket holders, but apparently a couple days uh, Prior to the match, there was an announcement that they were having one over in Scottsdale. So definitely appreciate them. Great food and a good promotion over there. Uh, also, a glass of gratitude to uh, 
to John for once again letting us aware who the officials are, any of the latest news that comes up. So definitely uh, a, a, better, a better podcast uh, with, with him and his information. Uh, that is the uh, the biggest ones I've got right now so far, uh, aside from the uh, to the club as well for turning around from lo- uh, losing uh, last week to getting six points all this entire week. Luis, how about you? So I actually got two. Uh, first one goes out to, uh, and I don't know their name, I'm sorry, <laughs> but Mike McCannage, friend. We know Mike McCannage. He's one of our friends here on the podcast. Well, a friend of his wasn't going to be attending the game on Wednesday, and they actually gifted me two tickets, and we sat right behind uh, Mike in the first half, and then <laughs> we were over there uh, chatting with Sharon later on. So really appreciate it, Mike. Uh, this is a match, as you all know, that lets you into the State Fair and into the game. So double the colossal gratitude because not only did I go to the match, but my uncle and I had the chance to go to the State Fair for about an hour and a half, which was pretty good. We got to walk around the entire fair, which uh, was was great considering just the time frame that we had there. So all was good. Also, another one goes out to the USL, and I don't always give them a lot of gloves of gratitude, but for yesterday's match in the first half, they gave two hydration breaks in a match that is beyond me. I mean, it's crazy that they played in a 100-degree temperature late at night, right? I don't know if we've ever had a game where... You start the match and you end the match and you're pretty much still at 100 degree temperature. But that first half, it was about, I think when I checked, it was like 107. So shout out to yourself for having two hydration breaks in one half. Because I think it was what, around the 15th minute and then the 30th minute. So great on them for doing that because I can only imagine <laughs> playing in that temperature is uh, really rough. Um, and I mean, luckily there's no sun. I mean, it was more later at night, but... That's that's really tough. I mean, everyone who's in Las Vegas right now, like I feel for you <laughs> to be in high temperatures, just like for Jared too, to be in a, those temperatures for the entire day is is something else. So uh, thank you to them for doing that. And, and of course, uh, something I want to uh, let everybody know, of course, our, our dear our dear friend, she somebody that actually also runs a podcast of their own. Connor has reached the 200 mark with the breakaway. So definitely a great achievement. So congratulations, Connor. Yeah, congrats to Connor. Awesome friend here on the podcast. Uh, sometime we might do a, another like collaboration here between both shows. We're trying to kind of figure that one out. But yeah, it's no easy achievement to get to that point. I mean, we're, we're still, you know, probably like uh, 55 episodes or so to get to that point. But I know it's a lot of hard work. And I know he's got a lot of editing that he does as well. And all that he has to do with that. So... I feel you. I know what you're going through. So uh, it's really great that you're there and that you're going to keep going. And uh, heck, we want to reach 500,000. Why not? Right. Just keep going. (laughs) Did I hear all this applause and cheering in the background when you announced that, Jared? I think so. I mean, that's a that's a huge feat. Right, Luis? I mean, you know what it takes to do all this. I mean, we're just blabbermouths on the thing and set up, you know, some stuff. But you do all the wizard behind the curtain crap. Thank you for being that. Oh, yeah. And it keeps getting better as time goes on, though. I keep editing episodes much quicker. And thankfully, I have a lot of great tools that help me uh, edit and have helped me edit things much quicker. So shout oh, out to sorry. all those. I thought you were calling me and Jared tools. I have a lot of great tools. Uh, I figured it was just <laughs> me and Jared you were talking about being a little like tools. Oh, sorry. No, that's slang. Sorry. Or knucklehead. <laughs> you, you guys are a part of my toolbox then. <laughs> 
You help me make make this work. <laughs> We're tools in the toolbox. Yay, Jared. Go us. Who wants to be the hammer? Who wants to be the screwdriver? <laughs> oh, can I be pliers? Are you okay with that, Jared? You guys could decide who's... <laughs> I want to be yeah, pliers. Right. <laughs> yeah, I reckon so. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a leather hole punch. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, fancy! Yeah, that's that's cool. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a leather hole punch. Yeah, they're oh. kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's that's high end. You're gonna look <laughs> it up. Everybody's gonna look up what a leather hole punch looks like. Probably. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I'm about to do right now too. I'm like, I, I knew it. To like... <laughs> a leather hole punch. I okay. have multiple tools in my <laughs> real toolbox. I have all kinds of things from a feeler gauge when I used to uh, change my spark plugs in my old Volkswagen. Uh, up, up until oh gee I don't know when I used to gap my own spark plugs and you needed a feeler gauge Jared do you know what those are other hole punch the other hole punch I know of uh, not that other device so yeah I had like a really fancy feeler gauge that would gap anything from like super slim all the way up to you know a couple millimeters if not more. Um, yeah, I even have, I think I might still have an old timing gun because I used to have to set the timing on my old 64 Pontiac Catalina all the time, um, because it was always falling out of timing. So yeah, yeah, this girl's a little mechanical. So don't ask me to fix your toilet though. <laughs> well, I'm seeing them and I, I've seen them before, but all this time I just thought it was hard plastic, not leather. I, well, I, maybe that's just what they're called, right? But I'm like, that doesn't look like leather to me, but. I, I've okay. used a metal um, punch, yeah, yeah and it kind of has different sizes to base, based on, uh, and it has like a rowel um, where you can choose the mm -hmm. size of the punch, uh, the hole you want to punch, because I used to make things. I don't make things anymore except for trouble. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting. All right. Well, I didn't know that was called. You learn something new every day, right? And some people listening, maybe they, now they know what it's called. So. So I know if John's listening, he will know what a feeler gauge is because he's an engineer. And I, I swear to goodness, he probably has had to work on cars because he's the same age as I am. And he probably has gapped a spark plug in the past with a with a vehicle. I mean, I disabled it. Never mind. I'm not even going to say go to that story. But that's there's oh. an interesting story. Um, anyhow, back <laughs> oh. in the days when uh, uh, hoods of vehicles didn't have locks on them and you could just pop them open, right? You could pop in any oh. open and uh yeah we'll just ask uh. to play that story someday about <laughs> things in the off season we'll have to have like a episode two of uh stories right in general who wants to hear our old, old uh, people stories because <laughs> i met a lot of the old person on the podcast <laughs> well before okay. we get to talking about the matches um uh, we got to bring this up too i know it's you know we're we, we hear stories like this uh, at times, but eh, you never know. There might be something to it, too, right? So a few days ago, we found out that a new investment group announced, right, that there might be talks of MLS and all that. And I know we've heard them in the past and all that, but the investment group, Stronic, is what, what their name is, too, right? This was uh, announced uh, on Thursday that, you know, they're going to be in talks with Sac Republic, right, for our bid for uh, MLS and, and all that, too. and. Uh, I don't know, but we'll see where this goes to. But I wanted to hear what you guys have to say because we haven't heard anything about the stadium. And that only makes you wonder, like, have they not said anything 
because there might still be something there considering that you know if you do mls you have this amazing stadium if you do usl you have this other stadium that we're still kind of here complaining that there's not that much shade right you guys right. think that there's something right there that this story might actually be legit well i think it's legit and here's why and i post this in our group chat and that is because with the sale of golden gate fields which is rumored to be in the billions um, because the that group is the one that owns Santa Anita Racetrack, Golden Gate Fields, among other things. You know, they've turned around the Montreal um, MLS club. They've, they've done a lot of investment in sports. They're key. Um, and right now we're just we're just sitting. It's a perfect opportunity for any investor who's looking at the future dollars. So so a lot of times when you invest in something like this, when you have money from the sale of one uh, uh, venture, you need to reinvest it, especially if it involves real estate, because otherwise you're going to be hit with capital gains. So they are looking at every opportunity possible. I mean, they could go buy a freaking building, but right now, unless it's a housing building, uh, office complexes aren't that sexy, you know, industrial. Mm -hmm. Yes. Those sorts of things, maybe, but a sports facility with the promise of TV money, I mean, that's a pretty sexy operation and the sale of it down the road could make money as well. If you think about what the franchise fee is now and what the franchise fee would go for later, it's a deal in today's dollars versus in five years dollars or 10 years dollars. We've seen the inflation. Kevin did a very lengthy interview with, uh, I think it was Fox 40 um, the other day, and it was it was very telling what the inside scoop was. So I have a feeling that this isn't just make-believe considering that they've been chatting about it for a while and the sale of golden gate fields didn't happen overnight they had to make sure that they had when they sold it that they had the right situation in place for the sale of that so they've been they've known they were selling it for a darn long time it's prime real estate property you've all been there right you can pull it up on google maps it is the most it's a gorgeous gorgeous location right on the bay cool breeze it's a phenomenal spot it's huge it's got built-in infrastructure so it's it, it captures money they won't even use half or a portion of what they're going to get for the sale of the property the proceeds they're not even going to need very much of it to invest in the the sacramento venture so you know at the end of the day apparently you know they embargoed the story with the news media because the news media was hot on it um, you know, word travels fast, so they had to keep it quiet. And Kevin is going to be cautiously optimistic, just like he was with Huddersfield Town, until things are finalized and until everything is lined up, including with the city, with permits. You know, even though the permit fees have been waived, they still have to go through this incredible process. We're probably going to go through another iteration, a redesign of the stadium if, you know, it's like all these ifs, Don Garber is the biggest if, the league, the board members are going to be the biggest if as to whether they will expand MLS to 32, you know, to account for us, our growth, as well as one other team, which I'm assuming will be somewhere in the Midwest. You know, it always is, or it will be Las Vegas, who knows. So putting all those pieces together, it makes sense to me based on how, transactions go and reinvestment has to go to avoid capital gains so there you have it worse we're, we're sitting pretty
Yeah. And I hadn't seen Golden Gate Fields. Actually, I'm just like right now pulling up pictures and wow, it's a pretty impressive place. <laughs> it's incredible. It's gorgeous. I've been there, you know, because I, I grew up in the East Bay. So. Well, it's good. We have a good hope then of uh, something maybe happening right there. But of course, we haven't heard anything about the stadium. So I think I think it's good. You know, I know a lot of people have complained about, hey, what happened to the stadium and this and that. But if we're not hearing anything, we should just realize that that's probably good. There's probably more exciting things kind of being discussed and all that, right? Because if we were going to have a USL stadium, if that was like set in stone, they would have already mentioned it, right? We would have already heard stuff. They would have probably already started constructing it, right? So you are correct. However, there are a lot of fans that say, hey, just leave us in USL. It's a way better model. You know, it's not such a money hungry venture. Mm. You know, Jared, we've been talking, everybody's been talking about in the scenes. You know, there's a lot of different opinions as to whether the fans even care about going MLS or not. And, you know, it may be the or not thing. You know, at the end of the day, something does need to happen stadium wise because it, we're getting the life sucked out of us over there at Heart Health Park. You know, mm. not we, but the club is. They're not able to make certain monies that they could make if they own their own venue, even if you had a contractor manage pieces and parts of it, our take on the alcohol, on the food and all that other stuff will be far greater. If, you know, if, if Nagel or the group, you know, if there's a group that owns it, our take would be greater if we bring in a different concession, you know? So it, I don't think it's going to be ovations 2.0, I'm just hoping that the ticket prices aren't going to, you know, prohibit a lot of the current fans from attending unless they get a freebie or something like that. So there you have it. Yeah. And I think ticket price now, I think it might be comparable, right? To like almost like PayPal park prices. Oh, our ticket prices are high. <laughs> so, uh, and you could have a much better VIP place. Can you imagine? Oh my the God. New stadium? Our VIP situation. Is just so not VIP ish. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, you know, all that happens, we know the businesses in downtown are going to benefit so much from it. And, and just the area, every time I've seen like aerial uh, footage, aerial pictures of the area, it's like, geez, I already start constructing already, right? You have all those buildings and the rail yards, like you need to start constructing it, right? It's going to look so nice once it's all said and done. You're going to be able to pass by the highway and always see it. How awesome is it going to be to see that stadium when you're passing by the highway? Really, really epic. So we're right here. We're hoping we hear something. Um, but I'm with you, too. I mean, if MLS doesn't happen, I think us three here have said it before, right? I mean, even better, right? If it doesn't happen, we're, we're still going to be able to know the players as well as we know them now. Uh, that community will be intact. Because when you go to MLS, you might lose the culture. And the culture has been a big part of the team, right? So we've talked about that before. So cool. Well, we hope we hear more news. We'll definitely be discussing any new uh, updates as they happen, especially when it comes to the new stadium. Because uh, I have a feeling we'll have the new stadium by the time the World Cup rolls around, though. <laughs> I know that's like a really long ways out, right? But it's like, I feel like when the World Cup is here, we're going to be able to say, yeah, there's a stadium in downtown Sac. That's that's what I'm I'm feeling like it should be, <laughs> regardless of MLS, regardless of the stadium size. They they built stadiums in like six months sometimes, right? I mean, we've seen 
them do that too, which is, uh, I call it a miracle, but hey, modern construction. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, start talking about these uh, two matches. Uh, first, let's touch on the game on Wednesday against Phoenix Rising, the 4-0, the match in which I think, like I mentioned earlier, we scored probably the most we've ever scored, the biggest goal differential against Phoenix. I will go with you first, Jared, because I know you were the happiest to see us demolish Phoenix at SAC, that you were probably like, oh, I should have been at that game. I should have just gone, right? What were your feelings? Well, had had I actually gone to that game, I wouldn't have been able to carry out my my Rising FC beer curse. So maybe it was a good idea that I stayed here in Arizona for for that match. But uh, yeah, I mean, just getting over there uh, once uh, work was over, set, headed out to East to the uh, pub, uh, RTO Sullivan's. And just like the last time I had gone out there in, in September, you know, there was a steady number of uh, Phoenix Rising fans. Uh, time I, I got sat down was technically during like the last couple of minutes of the uh, Women's World Cup match uh, between U.S. and Netherlands. But once the games came, came on, they actually put on the ESPN Plus feed, meaning that I actually got to hear uh, Rob and Adam instead of the Phoenix Rising announcers, which would have been on the AZ Family Sports Channel. So thank you very much for, for doing that, RTO Sullivan's. But uh, once I saw the uh, the first uh, goal go in, I mean, I was like the only one that was just any kind of positive or, or anything like that. And then the goals just keep pouring in and pouring in. Actually, after Kecko's goal, there was a, a Modelo promo team that was walking around the pub. And as we all know as well, Modelo is also sponsors of Republic FC. Uh, so coincidence? I don't know. But yeah. Uh, I mean, for, for starters, free beer is free beer, especially with, with the uh, good food that they ha- had over there. I actually got like a uh, shepherd's pie and they had cheese on top of it. So excellent over the excellent food over there. But yeah, the uh, fourth, uh, third goal started hitting. There was a few less rising fans. And then the fourth goal, by the time the match ended, there was already a, sm- a small group of rising fans still left over. And I let them know, hey. You can even the series on August 30th. So, you know, just to be kind of gracious given the drubbing. And then not even five minutes out of actually leaving the pub, it's already starting to hit monsoon. So I I was just getting soaked, just trying to make my way across to the uh, Hungry Howie's Pizza where I was going to have Uber pick me up. And I had just ordered it just in time, too, because my battery had died while I was waiting inside uh, Hungry Howie's. But momentarily later here comes my driver already trying to go west on i-10 or some of the surface streets there's already down trees in the middle of the road so we just had to go go around a couple of them and then there were spots where as we were going westbound there were spots with no rain whatsoever and then maybe a couple miles you know had some more rain started by the time we got to tolleson yeah no rain yet so it was going in patches so this is definitely a big win-win. I mean, the fact that we crushed Phoenix for, for nothing, and then out here we finally got some badly deserved rain. No rain since March 22nd. That all changed because Republic FC beat Rising. So great, great Wednesday night. A little bit of a let it rain situation. Love it. So Modelo is a supplier for several USL um, championship teams. They're a, a, a preferred provider. 
I was trying to see if USL had a partnership, official partnership with Modelo. I didn't see it there, but if you notice, if you look on a lot of the, like Monterey Bay, Modelo is their preferred provider. So I wouldn't be a bit surprised if, you know, it's kind of permeated through the USL to bring on Modelo because, you know, whatever. So, but at any rate, good for you for getting some free beer, good for you for drinking the beer, and good for you to manage our um, our, our Phoenix connection in dousing <laughs> with either rain, beer, or sorrow, dousing Phoenix, essentially, you know. Yeah, that was quite the adventure of you uh, going back, but hey, luckily it was worth it, getting the 4-0 and uh, being able to, you know, see some rising fans leave earlier and uh, all that too. And about even the series, I mean, knock on wood, I don't want to like say that they won't do it. Right. Cause we don't know what can happen in Phoenix, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I'm sure, I mean, you're having a blast being able to <laughs> beat them and seeing the other fans uh, just feel let down. And it's like, well, karma pays years later. Right. I mean, and we're not playoff time. It would have been more sweeter if this would have been a, a playoff match. <laughs> right so you know as a payback after that handball that we will never forget but hey it's nice i'll, I'll take it i'll take a four nil whatever it could even be a friendly match we'll take that score all day every day especially against them but uh let's go ahead and talk about the first goal again all four goals came in the first half and the first one being scored by none other than keko who actually was like well deserved of a goal long time we know he's been trying to to score a goal and who else to start the play but russell cicerone who ends up building space to uh you know make the pass over to a jack Gurr that was back in the starting role i remember in the previous match he got subbed in after we were already like down in the score line and he wasn't able to do as much but here the guy seemed like he had already been starting for weeks that's how I saw him, right? And it's really awesome that he's back in full form. He was key in this match, in my opinion, right? Not only did he uh, get the get a goal, but also he got an assist as well. And that's always great. Man of the match. Uh, I don't know if anyone else uh, agrees on, on that one too, but he sets the playoff to Jacker. And Jack, we know he'll put really good centers, right? He'll cross the ball really well. He spots some open guys right there. And Keiko sees where it's going, he gets in front of the defender, and what else but just header the ball in. Goalkeeper almost had a hand to it, but luckily, Gecko was so fast that, you know, goalkeeper didn't really have a second to think about it, so 1-0. So, so there's a few things about this goal and the, and the build-up to it, but Gecko had two shots prior to this, and I know he was probably frustrated because he's already had two attempts in this match. Arnold Lopez had an attempt as well. Everything was stopped or blocked or, you know, it, it was it was shot bad. But then to have Keiko score a header, I mean, he's not the tallest man on the team. And when, when he scored the header, I think I must have listened to the highlights or I may have been listening to, I don't know, but I heard banter about Keiko. You know, not the tallest guy on the team scores a header. And I think a lot of us were like, is that, that was, that was Keiko? Okay. Okay, that that was a header. So it doesn't matter how tall you are, how short you are. When your chance comes and you can zip in and get in front of the keeper and score a header, you know, all more power to you. So that was like, and then to Jack, it was correct. Jack is back. 
And that was the <laughs> phrase that was being used um, all match long. Whenever he did anything, it was like, oh my gosh, our trusty tool in the toolkit. <laughs> Jack is like, it's like he's a does it all tool. You know, he's that multi-tool. <laughs> it has a pocket knife. It has a screwdriver. It has pliers. It has everything in it. And that's what Jack is for this team. He can do it all. He can do these incredible throw-ins. He's a smart player. He runs. I mean, he gets up and down the field. If you notice last night's match against Las Vegas, poor Lee Desmond was in the same position on the far side. <laughs> you know, putting Lee Desmond in a running position where he has to work that hard compared to Jack. Did you notice how many times Jack would track across the field to the left side to give a little help over there and then make it all the way back over to his side to get back on defense? It was killer. So Jack is a does it all. Um, he's our version of Windex and a multi-tool. And, you know, uh, you know, Windex from my big fat Greek wedding. Yep. Yep. Everybody gets that. Okay. That analogy. Yeah. It was love, we love having him back, but I can't wait to get the other players back. We have way too many guys on the bench. We have no, I'm not on the bench, but in the hospital. Sorry, Luis, that's your phrase. We've got a hospital team. Um, we've got way too many guys. We have no idea what's wrong with them. We don't know what's going on with Luis Felipe. We have no idea what Nick Ross did in that one match. We know Seba had a hamstring because we saw him with the ice on it. Uh, I think... Um, Dami, I think, hit his groin because we saw him holding it at one of the matches, and then after that he wasn't back. So we, but but at the end of the day, it's like it's again that vacuum of information. It doesn't exist, mm -hmm. and we don't know what's going on. Anyhow, that was the first goal. We loved it. The second goal was scored by none other than Russell Cicerone, who uh, anytime I pick him as a first goal scorer. He scores second, or maybe he doesn't score. <laughs> so I would oh. just keep saying that because it keeps happening. And I'm like, all right. It <laughs> hey, keeps you happening. <laughs> you can't go wrong if you pick Keko, Russell, or Jack, or for a while there it was Nick. You know, you can't go wrong. And for a while there it was Seba, you know? So, Sebastian. So you can't <laughs> go wrong with those picks. We just don't know who's injured and who's not injured before we get going. <laughs> we have no idea. There was one game. I think, Jared, you picked two injured guys, but you didn't know that oh, they were yeah. injured. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we need more information. Anyhow, yeah. so we get Russell scoring a weirdo goal. It looked like the ball <laughs> got stuck under his feet. I know we should be watching the replay here, but you know what? We kind of remember how these goals went because, you know, they showed up on television. We've seen highlights. We've all seen the highlights of these goals. I called it the weirdo goal because it <laughs> it kind of got stuck. Then he kind of fell. Then he kind of just booted it. <laughs> Somehow, I swear to God, if he'd have handballed it in, nobody would have cared because it, <laughs> it was destined for the back of the net. And, and then I have to say, Russell does it again. It wasn't a weirdo goal, but it was like, we don't see these kind of goals very often. Last night when he did that flying diving header, full Superman, and it was like, dude, that is the way you get hurt. You must have been a goalie in your pre prior life. Oh, yeah, you played hockey. Okay, fine. You know, but he has no, like, gear on last night to protect his fall, but he didn't care. He's just going to, you know, he probably would have done a tuck and roll to get out of it if it was going to be critical. You know, just keep doing what you're doing, Russell. We don't care. Just keep scoring the goals, and we'll keep picking you or pick Kecko or pick Jack. 
<laughs> oh, this is great. So we have this second goal, a weirdo goal. Now we're up to zero, right? We yeah. Know who the assist was on that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. For this one, I mean, it's technically, who do you call assist to? I mean, I guess Zico, I think he kind of had a touch. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, weirdo goal, but I have to say for any goal scorer, when someone has a knack for scoring goals and when they're like all in tune to score, they'll score in any fashion, right? They'll score some like banger shots. They'll score some like this, right? Where like the ball's like stuck right there. And and I have to say, because I was right in front of the net on the side right there in section and E. And uh, I was a little worried for a second, Sharon. I know that you may have thought like, oh, this one of those plays that it's got to be a goal, right? It's destined to be a goal. But I was like, please just like, kick it i don't care drop to the ground like you know hit it with your shoulder do something because uh this is not to forever. be a goal yeah it looked like it was so. taking forever it was like it, you know it was like that it's like that thing when it's slow motion it's like somebody put that freaking ball in the net there's three of you you're right there someone yeah it was slow-mo what, what did you think jared watching it on tv like what, what were you like okay what's gonna happen come on come on don't don't miss it don't uh, Oh man, I know there were opportunities that we had, and, and uh, it just gets frustrating, and especially in the middle of enemy territory, and having to watch it. You know the the, the fact that you're waiting for it to go through, just yeah, you know, just so you could just jump up and and shout, and then it just takes forever and ever. Like, can we please? Where where's that ESPN due to time constraints? We move ahead in the action kind of uh, a <laughs> <that> moment. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, come on, like, just do something. Uh, and it was Zico. Zico actually does uh, get like a slight touch to it, too. So technically, it was an assist, you know, which was like a little slight assist. But that little slight assist is what throws a goalkeeper off, right? Because the goalkeeper probably thought this guy's going to shoot. He's not going to pass. He's just going to shoot it. And, and looking at the closer replay, Russell was close to tripping. He was almost close to tripping. But then he luckily, he still had his right foot like to the ball, right. To be able to shoot it, but he was close to tripping on the ball. <laughs> but luckily, you know, again, this is what happens when you have the knack for scoring goals. If this was a guy who hasn't scored a goal in a really long time or someone who isn't a goal scorer, maybe they would have tripped. Right. But this is the luck that you have. This is how it works. And we already up one nil and I keep saying it. I keep insisting it. Any team that is up winning, you have more confidence in you and you, you know, shoot more and you score. And that's what we saw in this match. Right. But on the contrary, when you're losing psychologically, you're in a whole different status. Right. And I feel like in the sport of soccer, so much is about the psychology of the game and the mindset. Right. If you're winning, everything works out. You throw some great shots and you throw, you score some goals that you probably never scored in your life, but then you're losing and you're seeing all those shots that all the fans are able to get, right? Because they're just so, like, poorly placed. So that's what happened here. But one more goal to add to the funny goal collection that I wish you probably would have started a while back, right? But I know in the past we've had some really funny goals that we watch him and we're like, well, we scored it. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but it happened. Um, but moving along to the third goal, scored by none other than Z-Man or as we like to call here on the podcast, Tina's favorite. And she knows it already. She mentioned it on the chat too, <laughs> but he gets a goal, right? And how long has it been since Zico is, has been scoring? He gets his goal. 
And I think in Zico fashion, right? Because we've seen him pull some long shots. He scores it, right? He, you know, shoots from outside the box. He gets his goal. And I'm happy for him because, again, he was starting in this match. And I mentioned it before. He's more of a starter than uh, a guy who comes in as a sub. And Luther is more of the sub guy than a starter guy. And, yeah, I mean, quite reflected right here, too. So and yeah. I think there was probably like a slight deflection. But either way, you got to shoot to get the deflection. And the right. guy did it 3-0. What do you yeah. guys think? It was it was funny because uh, that that goal and the one after this one felt like we could just freaking drive a Mack truck right through their defense. It was starting to feel that way. And, you know, I've said the same thing about our defense at times, and they've shored up. Well, they know when they're, um, you know, not playing as a unit defensively as a team. But <laughs> that game against Phoenix and this goal and the one after this one just felt like we could just drive a Mack truck right through and do whatever we wanted. And I know we didn't. Okay, so I got to talk about the second half. Everybody was like, we need to score more goals. Well, I mean, okay, yes, it would have been nice to have more goals. But if you think about it, what the guys were practicing, they're practicing possession under pressure in the second half, if you think about that. So don't get mad at the team for practicing something else in the second half because they have to know how to possess the ball under pressure. And Phoenix, they knew Phoenix was going to come out and apply a lot of pressure in the second half. That being said, okay, we get this goal, Zico, Z-Man, Tina's rolling her eyes that we keep saying it's her guy because, <laughs> you know, she's over that, but we will still never let her live it down. Sorry, Tina, I love you so much. Anyhow, so there's that. <laughs> she's the one that had faith in him, right? So it's like, hey, now he's responding on the field and – you know, oh. now, yes, it's it's good. <laughs> he's that guy with, you know, Keko has really good feet. You never know which way Keko's going to go because he's got great hips. He's got good feet. You know, he's got really good, uh, what do you call, body positioning, low center of gravity. And Zico has the same thing. Um, he can change directions and he can hide the ball. Plus, he's a little more stout than Keko. So, and, and Keko, oh my gosh, you, he's playing much stouter, you know, because he was getting knocked over like a ragdoll in some of the earlier matches. But um, Zico, it's really hard to get him off the ball. You know what I mean? And so when he wants to change direction or take a shot, he has power. Look at those thighs. You know, there's this, there's a group of guys that I would call the quad squad. You know, the guys with these incredible quads and hammies. Well, Zico leads the charge on that one. Look at that. Jack. You know, these guys have been working on the strength and that's where you get a lot of, you know, your glutes and your, your hammies and your quads and all of that, that you get so much strength for the shot by building those muscles up and, and really working on those, uh, presses and, you know, all of, all of those things. So he's, he's part of the quad squad. Sorry. (laughs) You know, uh, Connor Donovan, keep working on those quads, man. (laughs) Keep working on those quads. Maybe one of these days your header will go in because your quads are strong. Sorry. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> i like the name the quad squad that has a good ring to it too but i, I mean calling, <laughs> i've used that term since almost day one because when i used to you know work with the team you know which guys were putting in the, the effort working on their quads you knew which mm-hmm. ones were you know hitting hitting the right weights and then chiding their buddies for not you know building the quads and it's kind of like tommy stewart holy smokes he was the very first, I think, of the quad squad. The exercises I would see him doing before and after training, it was like he knew what he needed to do. Mike Facito, amazing sprinter, amazing power in, in those parts of the muscles. 
So anybody listening, if you haven't, you know, you want to be a really good shooter, you, you, you better join the quad squad. Sorry. Well, speaking of the quad squad and Zico, not only did he do well in the shop, but you guys see like how he just like stands back up just casually, right? Like he gets knocked down. He stands up really quick, right? Because this is like a one second to stand up and to, you know, get, you know, settled to be able to place a shot. And how many times have we seen guys get knocked down to the ground, ask for a foul, not stand up as quickly, or maybe stand up, but again, not as quickly. And the defenders just like get to it. And then we get a counterattack or they just, you know, have possession of the ball in general. But he stood up so quick, right? And not only did he do that, but he placed the shot right away, probably within five seconds of like being on the ground. He's placing a shot and he's scoring a goal. So, okay, kudos to Zico for not staying on the ground. We were winning 2-0, so he could have very well just been like, hey, that's that's a foul, and just grabbed the foul. But he was like, nope, I'm standing up. I'm pulling a shot. I'm not going to wait for a foul. So, again, speaking of quads, you got to have the quads to stand up that quick and, and then pull a shot right after. So, uh, great goal by him. And, again, we're really happy to see him back on the scoring line and taking advantage of being a starter, too. So, looks like. He might be more of a starter now until uh, Sebastian makes a comeback. So moving on to the fourth goal, scored by none other right. than Jack. He not only assists, but he also scores as well, right? And, you know, he was in position to score, right? We didn't see him in his usual position in this play, which was really great because uh, he opened up the opportunity for him. He did a, a sort of like automatic pass on his own, right? To set himself up for the goal. And he was right in front of the goalkeeper, right? And you can't have Jack right in front of the goalkeeper without scoring. We know that he's good at, at that too and at placing uh, great shots. So there you have it. Jack is back. What do you guys think? Um, I thought that... I'm I, Sorry, I, somebody was at my door. Um so this was the play where it really showed that Phoenix was like, they couldn't keep up with us. They didn't know who to mark. They saw, they heard Russell Cicerone. You saw a defender pointing Russell's way. Russell literally caused two guys to kind of pause and, you know, Jack just waltzed through their defense unmarked, which was great. So, but I want to talk about Faraday Sosa's uh, play just before that with, um, uh, Zico, if you if you remember, Parody played a big role in making sure that the ball did get to Zico. It was great. We missed him last night because he's now out injured and we have no idea what he did. But um, so on this one, when Jack waltzes through and scores the goal, I mean, what magic! That had to have just been magic and felt so good. It felt so good for all of us. And this is, you know, now we're at four goals in the first half, and we're thinking, you know. We look at our watches. It's like, gosh, we could just go. We could take a. We could take a long break. You know, we can set on this. But of course, we're anticipating more goals in the second half, and it didn't happen. But that's okay. But remember, who is in our goal? Who is defending our goal for us? After you know, after we talk about Jack's celebration and Jack's goal, let's talk about who who kept a clean sheet for us. Of course, it's none other than Carlos. I mean, he hasn't seen a lot of time, but uh, this is definitely a perfect time for him to uh, to lace up between the pipes. And, you know, he kept uh, the the ship going, made sure that uh, he kept the Phoenix out and any way possible, just 
relays it further down the field and help create these situations. So definitely glad to see Carlos you know, getting another uh, clean sheet uh, to his record. Yeah, it was great. And now just flip-flopping back and forth on Jack's goal, you know, Keko was the one who was able to retrieve the ball and, and get it set up. But I will say this, Fotmob had Keko as man of the match because of the amount of work. And you guys know that I'm a real big fan of players getting up and down the field. And Luis, when you were there that night, you and I talked about Keko being a box-to-box guy, right? Oh, yeah. No, he definitely is. He does a lot lot of runs, and and you want those guys that do runs because we know in the past uh, we've had some individuals that haven't been doing that much falling back. <laughs> right. And so so this was – it was lovely to see – Keko in all of his fitness, you know, the dude is a healthy specimen. Um, just do what he needs to do. And he's faster. Knock, than knock on wood. Though. Knock on wood, though. Yeah. <laughs> knock yeah, on wood exactly. with the hospital situation. Yeah. I know. Sad anymore. <laughs> he's deceptively fast because there have been a couple times where he's been on breakaway and he's beat his defenders, you know. And, and so there's times where it's like I didn't peg him as being a fast guy. But the game against Phoenix – Keko was pretty speedy. He was actually really fast. He must be working on his sprints, you know, and, and really shaving some time off of, you know, his pace. Because um, it, it's really picked up this season. His his pace has really picked up. And I know Jorge will probably agree with me and probably Jorge, our friend who's been on the podcast before, he'll probably tell me, oh, no, Keko's been fast this whole entire time. You should be picking Keko every single time to score the first goal. You know, what have you no faith in Keko? And it's like, yes, 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 we get it, Jorge. You know, <laughs> it's just like he's in a, um, but he knows him really, really well. He knows Keko really, really well. So on that note, we have all four goals being scored. Carlos was in goal the whole entire time, kept a clean sheet. We needed a clean sheet, right? And it was so great for Carlos. He, and he's so humble. He just deflected. He basically said, you know, when we talked to him afterwards, it was a great team effort. He's just, he's the humblest guy ever. Yeah. And then the second half happened. And, you know, I know that people want to see more goals. We all wanted to see more goals, right? But I think it happens often that when you score so many goals in one half, the second half is usually a lot different. I don't think I've ever seen, I mean, I haven't seen that much games in Republic history where like we score a lot of goals in the first half or we, even if it's just like two goals and then the second half, the score just keeps driving up. Right. Even we, when we played against the infamous Portland Timbers under 23, <laughs> the example we use here all the time, uh, you know, we, we didn't like score a lot more goals in the second half. Right. We all thought, Oh, it's going to be a 10 zero game, but it didn't happen. And I think a lot of that has to do with the other team have time coach fixes a few things in the opposition right and you know of course now they're in need of scoring and you have a whole different team right so i mean we can't always expect more goals and we should just be happy right we were up four nil because that's such a good score to be at halftime and it makes you feel good because you're like well eh, they might score one two but i don't think we are gonna lose this match or i don't think so right because again knock on wood we've seen some crazy things happen in this sport and Anything can happen, but at least as a fan, you feel like, okay, we can manage this. We yeah. got this right home. So so moving on to talk about the second half, you will be happy because of the nature and the timing of the substitutions. You know, we talked already about what their, what their presumed uh, 
strategy was for the second half, which is possession under pressure, which caused a few yellow cards to come out of the pocket, but it also allowed us to make some substitutions in a time frame that Luis, you are happy about 60, 68 minute time, you know, right in that time frame. You're happy about that. Um, and we know that Faraday, I think he was injured because Connor Donovan came in for him, which is an odd sub for, you know, then they made some shifts. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that was when they pushed either Lee or Jared up and Connor, you know, sat in the back pocket. But um, then the rest of the subs came between the 65th and 78th minute for us, which is perfect. You know, we saw Zeke's come in. We saw Luther come in. Mm-hmm. We saw Johnny Fenwick come in. We saw Rafa come in. Um and then we, then we, um, why am I brain farting? Yeah, that, that was the last sub. Yeah. Uh, Rafa come through in the 75th minute, but no, yeah, I was really happy with seeing the coach do the subs and yeah, we're winning for now. And the pressure isn't as much, I think, right to hey, do some subs coach, but I was really happy to see him uh, sub in Zeke's early on in the 65th right. minute, because this is the match where you're up for nil. Give the younger guys more game time, right? More of that experience and, and playing in a match like that. And so it was great. It was great to see him out there too, right? Fortunately, yeah. he didn't get a goal, but he did have a shot, right? Zeke's had an opportunity at goal, which is great to, to see him have more of those chances. And like I said there in the game, eventually he's going to have his goal. I think it's it's going to be only a matter of time. But this is why we need the team to give us more score lines like this, 3-0, 4-0, so Zeke's can get more... Uh, minutes right in the match and have more of those opportunities for him because we need more of those strikers right we know he could be a really strong striker in the future so attacking have more time yeah really, yeah uh, attacking midfielder slash striker because we usually keep uh luther or somebody else up high so it kind of it kind of forces zeke's to play a little underneath you know like an attacking midfielder which is synonymous with a different type of forward a different type of striker but happy no regardless so really really cool um but that kind of wraps up this match we should talk about the second match because come on Luis you've got to get to editing we've got to we've got to move this along so you have some time you know to get 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 things going for yourself dude yeah and luckily oh I mean we would have wished there were more goals especially you Sharon you would have wished there was a (laughs) 4-1 score line but we end up doing a 2-1 game here, and first goal came from none other than, again, the guy who scores first whenever I don't say <laughs> that he's going to score first whenever I have him as a backup at Russell Cicerone, and we mentioned it a little bit earlier, right, in this play, scoring another wonder goal, another one of those goals where we're like, how did you do it? I don't know how you did it, but you're a goal scorer and you could do it. And such a good diving header goal. I mean, how epic is it to score a diving header goal, especially so far out that the header is so strong that it almost seems like a shot, right? That's how Russell made it seem like. And no goalkeeper would have stopped that. Even Danny couldn't have stopped (laughs) this uh, diving header goal. And he did it. And in a game in which it was, again, 106, 107 degrees, it's super hot out there, yet the guy was like, you know what? Let me dive as if I'm diving into a pool. That's how this goal seemed like. He wanted a pool, he dived, and hopefully they had a chance to be in a pool in the hotel that they were at because he practiced it. Maybe they were in the pool before the game. I don't know. 
Maybe if they got there the night before, they hey, won the pool and he had it. This is one of those slip and slide kind of diet that you got to do. You know, it's like on the wet grassy fields. If you've ever scored a goal and the field is like soaking wet and you go flying out into the wet grass, you know, face first, Superman style, you know, this was definitely slip and slide time. Um, but he didn't slide. You can see him kind of thud. Hopefully his shoulder's okay. <laughs> but happy days. We've never seen a goal like that. Yeah, I don't think so. Can you, can you recall something, Jared? Not that, uh, not like that. I mean, I've seen like uh, some accidental headers or some unexpected headers, but uh, not a, not a, a submarine torpedo header like this. <laughs> I mean, the man was a missile. I mean, he saw where the ball was and perhaps might have been gripped, but it just turned out perfect for him because he was able to the pinpoint the ball, get in, in the right direction with just that headshot and just worked out beautifully. Yeah, and it's right there for the collection. This is one of those undoubtedly top 10 goals of the season, in my opinion. Oh, this is ESPN's goal of the year. Uh, you know, who's Messi? Whatever. Yeah. When has Messi done this, right? That's right. You make a good point. I've never seen the guy do a diving header like that from so far away. Like, Watch someone's going to actually send us a video. Like, well, technically, he yeah. had one. It's like, yeah, but was he played in 106 degree temperature? I don't right. think so. I don't think it gets that hot or ever got that hot in Spain whenever they were playing. Um, <laughs> but moving on to the goal that we get scored on or the PK, the opportunity there. Um, it happened. It was a... Apparently, yeah, that's 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 what the referee apparently saw last night too, right? Where uh, apparently Jared Timmer, he saw some sort of like elbow to the face, and it's one of those things where it's like he didn't even know where the guy was at, right? Like, how could you call that a PK? At least in my opinion, right? Because Jared Timmer isn't a dirty guy, right? He's not no. a guy who's gonna do a dirty foul that you could say like, oh yeah, there are some wrong intentions there so uh i don't know it sucks again there's no var there's no revisions once the uh, referee thinks he sees something he's gonna call it but it's like well what did he want jared to do right i mean he has an elbow he can't chop off his hand right <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and and he was he was uh... He was working to be, he turned and he had position to be the closest to the ball, which basically gives him possession of the ball, but he wasn't allowed to use, you know, he wasn't allowed to see how close the guy was behind him. Because I think a lot of times as a defender, you're, you're trying to actually see just how close the person is behind you. And you're also going to put an arm out just so that they can't really get around you. But I don't think he had the intention of elbowing him or, you know, whatever the referee decided to call. And then he ends up getting tripped himself. So, eh, comedy of errors. They take the PK, you know, they, they send up the, um, oh gosh, I forget the name of the player, um, you know, like one of their stars who, uh, do you remember the name of the player, Jared, who scored? Andrew for, Carlton. For yeah, Andrew, yeah. Andrew Carlton. Carlton was a, a big. Uh, he's a he's a big feature on their team. Anyhow, so they send Carlton up to take the PK, and he sinks it. You know, we all had faith in Danny, um, and I think he gets a hand on it, but he just couldn't deflect it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've got my own opinions about Andrew Carlton, but I won't air them on on this podcast, so I'm just going to stick with the game. Uh, but yeah, he did manage to put enough kinetic energy to where uh, D- uh, Danny could uh, get a handle on it at least, but uh, that was still uh, too much power for, for that to stop on hand here. And I don't know, it's probably just my opinion, but I'm starting to think that uh, this past Saturday's match was uh, ended up being the Greg Luganis Invitational. I mean, granted, <laughs> Granted, Russell dove to score a goal, and Las Vegas dove to get yellow cards against us. But that's just my opinion. There you go. Yeah, and but you're probably turned uh, like it could have happened a little bit earlier. But you would have gotten a point if that yellow card show would have happened against Sacramento just a little before. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had that happened and had uh, Republic scored uh, just one more goal last night, that would have been a, a hat trick for me, but unfortunately it did not happen. It could have been, though. Luther had that opportunity, which, uh, uh, yeah, so many people, Jared. The referee in that one match that <laughs> had the yellow card been given to Danny, and yeah, whole different situation. So Sharon has a lot to be thankful for, I think. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of points, right? That could have gone your way here, but and I could have been like sunk down even more too. So I could have been there. But uh, let's talk about the goal though that we scored. That Zico once again scores, right? Z man, Tina's probably like two goals and two matches. See what I was telling y'all? Like it was only a matter of time for us to see the Zico that Tina was seeing. So Tina, shout out to you. You were seeing someone, and now Zico is uh Starting to be the the star guy that you know she told us about that we were like, well, hopefully he starts doing something, and then he does it here, right? Two goals and two matches as well for him, not just for uh, Russell, and not just that, right? But it gives us the three points, so really valuable goal for him to score here. And again, he gets set he gets set up by none other than Russell right there with the pass and Zico again with the shot. And we know when Zico scores a goal, usually it's Again, a shot, just like he did in the other one. But he pulls just a phenomenal shot right to the corner where the goalkeeper could never stop it. Guys, that's where we want you to shoot all the time. Always try to get your shot right there to the corner. Never shoot it in the direction of the goalkeeper because we've seen plenty of shots that (laughs) end up going right to that side. And it's like, oh, he would have just done a shot like Russell did here in the 55th minute. We could have gotten a goal. So what do you guys think? Z-Man, goal number two in two matches. Well, it was also John that pointed out in our p- picks. Uh, yeah, why was there no mention of Zico? And I hope they're listening on the field. And obviously, he was because he was able to to punch this one in for, with uh, such tenacity. I mean, perfect opportunity set up here. I mean, as we're watching on the highlights, got it got the assist from Russell, and then Zico just uh, lousered it in right into the corner. Zico with those powerful shots. I mean, the dude can find it, you know, we've seen him, we've seen him be successful before, but this is like, this is like the timing you want to have. Um, we, we needed it so bad. We needed the, we needed the not to tie. We needed to win. <clears throat> so to be able to have this and then some opportunities, you know, later in the game, we had some opportunities to score as well, but we just we just defended the snot out of this, you know, to one lead, and that's how it ended. Yeah, but. which is probably good. I get it. You know, the climate was uh, pretty rough out there, right? Even in Sacramento, we've never experienced a, a game 
start out at 107 degree temperature. And hopefully we never get to experience that because that would be horrible uh, to have to deal with that. So given the situations, given all that, it, it was a good score line. Again, yes, it's true. Las Vegas only has one win and all the matches that they have played, but it's rough. And I've said it here before, right? You play against that last place team. Don't always expect to beat them 10-0, right? I mean, who would have thought we were going to beat Phoenix 4-0, given where Phoenix is in the table, right? So never treat any team that's down there as like, oh, this is a cheapy team, because you'll be surprised. And let's not do the same against uh, Laudan United. I said it right for y'all, and I would have said it the other way, but that's that's why I said it again, uh, because we are going to be playing against them, right, uh, in uh, future matches, so... I've said it before and I've said it again, quoting Coach Briggs, the days of the easy matches are over. Yeah. We, can't, we cannot treat any uh, match like it's a trap match. I mean, we. I mean, look what happened against uh, Orange County earlier this year. They were dead last at that time, and still we end up losing to them for our first loss of the season. So we mm-hmm. cannot take any appointment lightly. Yeah, and I'm sure Coach learned from that experience because we were all thinking, oh, it's Orange County. Ah, they're down there. Oh, easy three points. And then that happened. So can never sleep on that. And uh can never sleep on that. And we can't sleep on Loudon, you know. Mm-hmm. The, they're so so they actually have 20 points. So they're equivalent to us playing like New Mexico before, you know, they won a couple matches. Um, you know, they're they're kind of they're they're in that equivalency, and you can't sleep on any of those teams in our division and you know, in the Eastern Conference, you just, you can't, you can't sleep on anybody. You can't sleep on anybody. You know, you just never know what the players are going to do on the day of the game. Mm-hmm. You never know how the coaches are going to study or analyze. You know, you just don't know. Soccer is such an incredible sport. All games, mm-hmm. you know, all sports are incredible, but soccer is just like amazing. Cause one thing like the crappy field, I mean, sorry, our pitch is getting torn up by concerts, right? Mm-hmm. There's some really pitchy, uh, bad, bad spots on our pitch. We Russell slipped. There was a breakaway on Wednesday night mm-hmm. where he freaking lost mm-hmm. his. We thought he lost his shoes, but it was you know the pitch that was horrible and it went flying. And he had, it was a breakaway, but he mm-hmm. couldn't he couldn't stand. So those sorts of things you have to factor in as well. You just never know. You just never know. But. That's yeah. our next match is uh, Loudon, and you know we're on the road. So I encourage everybody to travel to, <laughs> to the East Coast and watch this match. No, at get <laughs> you know watch the game, watch our local feed because our local broadcasters are incredible. You know we had Kamawasa who's getting better and better and better with you know commentary along with Rob McAllister. These guys are they know our squad, they know what's going on. Adam. Uh, Cameron, it doesn't matter what guy. We had Jack Kerr in while he was injured. He did a fabulous job because he was giving us the insight of what's going on in the locker mm-hmm. room because he's there. So, you know, listen to these games on the fox40.com or on the app. Screw ESPN unless it's local. <laughs> I know, right? You have to uh, try and skip him too if, uh, if you're able to. But uh, yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the pitch situation and I mentioned it while I was there at the stadium, but hopefully they do something about it. We won't be playing back at Harkell Park specifically, right, until September, right? Since August 26th, we're going to Hughes Stadium and all that. So it gives them plenty of time to fix 
certain situations with that. And I hope that when we go back to a game in September, that the conditions are better because it, it wasn't just Russell, right? It was a lot of players, including some of the Phoenix players too, that were slipping. We saw dirt fly all the time. <laughs> and uh, it's a little risky, right? You can have more injuries added to the mix and it just doesn't look good, right? And for someone like Jared who's watching it on TV and you probably noticed it, Jared, it just it just doesn't look good on us too, right? It's like, how do we have this pitch yet? Yeah. You know, go to teams like Academica in USL League 2. They have a really good pitch and they're in League 2. So what's what's going on there? Like, we need to make sure everything's good. Protected, I know that they have to do concerts. I'm not a fan of them doing concerts at all. Like, in my opinion, don't do concerts while season is going on. But if you do have to do it, find a way to, you know, fix it and... I ask people to not be jumping up and down as much. I know it's tough, it's music, but <laughs> you got to do something about that. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, even with the field, I mean, it's not just in front of the goalpost or anything like that. There's also that infamous uh, patch of, of dirt, like right in front of the visitor's bench that's been sitting there for a while. So they need to get that uh, sorted out too. You are right. So. Yeah. You know, we notice it and all the other fans notice it. So, you know, we got to get a word back to Cal Expo and those who run these concerts and, you know, who use the field for other reasons. I don't know. I, we're not, it's not going to get fixed. You you figure every good field in the area is also going to have more than one purpose. We're just not like England. Although, you know, Wembley Stadium, they use it for all kinds of things and but the pitch, the you know, the guys who tend the pitch and the gals who tend the pitch, they have a way of, of getting it repaired so it's playable again. I you know, I just I don't understand. One of Yeah. But there's gotta be a secret ingredient somewhere there too. Yeah, we don't know too much about landscaping, but that, there's gotta be something that they could do. Just fix it. You guys have plenty of time. I'm just saying. Luckily, I think it plays to our favor that we'll be traveling and that um We'll be playing at Hughes Stadium on the 26th, too. So, eh, there's time. I think they could have faith in them, hopefully. Please don't let me down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that. So, looking at the standings, let's, let's look at the standings because it's looking better than ever before from one week to the other, right? Six points in a matter of a few days. Make you shine, right? And not only that, but we're in first place. We're still overall, even though we are tied with uh, Riverhounds in general, 41 points. Uh, you know, goal uh, score amongst both teams was a zero zero, but goal differential is much higher, right? We have a 21 goal differential, they have 11, and we still have a game in hand, right? They have 23 uh, the games game in hand. I'm glad you said game in hand because I was, I noticed that too. So, yeah, good. so we could be just first place, no tight end points with another team there, but at least in the west, we are first, and San Antonio is following us right there with 37 points. They do also have a game in hand to reach to our level, so they could be potentially just one point away. But um, at least we're further away. We are uh, basically at this point 12 points away from eighth place Phoenix, although they also have a game in hand, uh, all that stuff. But <laughs> but Colorado Republic is in seventh place, right? Our good old second team in USL is right there, 29 points, seventh place. Uh, so, okay, it's a little better, right? Still, we shouldn't sleep, right? Because <laughs> we know anything can change. But at least it feels better to be 12 points away from the uh, eighth place team there. And we got to keep moving away from that. So that way we could 
potentially maybe in two months or even a month and a half say like, hey, we're qualified for playoffs. <laughs> I don't know what position we're going to be in, but everyone rest assured we're in playoffs now. Let's make sure we keep the home field advantage uh, is the, the next objective. But next Saturday, we play in Monterey Bay. If anyone wants to go to the game, us three here, I'm sure we all highly encourage you to do so because we were at the game <laughs> uh, when we played against the uh, Monterey um, a while back there, and we had an awesome experience. So check it out. Definitely make the trip out there if you're able to. Um, and Monterey sitting in 10th place with 27 points. They've been on the downfall, but again, uh, don't don't feel like you know they are going to be a cheaper team now because anything can happen. They started off the season, I think, uh, not so great, and then they had a rise, and then they ended up uh, falling back. But they're always a tough team, and it's Monterey too, so uh, we're playing away, so anything can happen there. And they recently just signed Rafael Baca, who was actually a former Cruzul guy. He literally just played with them last season, and he might be a little bit up there in age now, but he's got that Liga and Mekis experience, and we know Roro had it too, so these guys know what it's like to play at that top level. So. All right, y'all, so let's go ahead, and I've dragged it on enough, but let's talk about podcast winner dinner <laughs> and what that's looking like after two matches. I know, Jared, uh, you could have gotten more points there, but uh, it's probably good I'm able to almost catch up to you, hopefully. Um, but in the game against Phoenix, Jared did get one point. Jared gets Phoenix game the first yellow, and indeed they did. And against Las Vegas, Sharon got two points. She guessed Russell scoring first and Las Vegas getting the first yellow card. Jared got one point, guessing Russell getting the first goal. And I didn't have faith in Russell getting the first goal this time. And again, as is usual, he gets it. I lose the point there because I guess Keiko. And then Las Vegas did get a yellow card, so I did get um, the first point there. So two points for Sharon, one point for me and Jared. So our overall standings are looking this way. Sharon's got 17 points leading the way. Jared in second with 15 points, and I am in third place with 13 points. So, uh, yeah, two-point differential amongst uh, each other. <laughs> that's how that's looking like. And I thoroughly apologize for <clears throat> being a little snarky on social media about <laughs> getting two points, which then forced Jared to meme me. <laughs> that was the best meme. You literally killed me on that meme i was dead and i was just like okay you won the internet you totally <laughs> you totally won social media thank you so much appreciate you a ton so <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was one of the better memes but i think i poked the bear a little bit so yeah. <laughs> well i'll go first yeah. If you'd like to go first, yeah. And we all wrote them down beforehand and we all had them already. So uh Yeah. yeah. So so I actually I have us beating Monterey at their house. I have us beating them two to one. And I don't know if I want Kekko or Russell in my uh or Zico, but I'm gonna stick with the man that's gotten me all my points so far. I'm gonna stay with Russell scoring the first goal if he is injured because he did roll his ankle. Um, but we did see Mark Briggs's video showing them all in the locker room. And I believe it was either him or Keko that made Jack get on the back in the locker room when they were celebrating in Phoenix. I mean, uh, Las Vegas. 
And so if it was rustled, then maybe the ankle thing was just a, a tinge. Um, if it was rustled, that was letting Jack get on his back like a horse, um, horsey ride. So Russell Kecko are my order. And then I have Sacramento pull in the first yellow in Monterey because, you know, it's Monterey, even though the coach will, I swear they're probably going to find the guys, you know, they're really trying to keep Arnold from getting a yellow, but I think, you know, they're, they're at the point in, in the season where it's like, guys, stop pulling yellow cards, you know, play hard, but don't do the stupid stuff. So I know that that conversation happens, but we just can't avoid it because, you know, stuff happens. And, but I still think we'll probably end up with the first yellow in Monterey. Although Monterey stands a pretty good chance of pulling the first yellow because they're spicy. They're kind of like um, the Northern California version of San Antonio. Last time when they played us here, it was, it was a little spicy, right? Yeah. 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 It, it was pretty spicy. Um, well, uh, Did you pick of course, the, the viewers the, the viewers can't see it, but I have it here on a stick. You know, it's already been written, right? I mean, you guys have seen my hands here as I'm like typing on the computer. I said the same exact thing that Sharon said. No joke. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> hey, either we're gonna get points or we're not gonna get points, so we will always be tracking each other. So. I think that might be a first because sometimes we've disagreed on the first yellow card, maybe right. the first goal score. We've had like two, but. This might be a first that we have all the literally the same, even like the backup goal scorer. That's hilarious. So poor Jared's like, oh, I hope they don't get to two points. <laughs> That'd be rough. Jared yeah. probably pick the same thing. If we all did the same thing, hey, whatever, flick it in. I, I'm gonna go a little different on this. Uh Monterey, given the fact that they've uh, been a pretty uh, tough uh pretty tough uh, nail uh, to, to nail in. This year's far with the exception against uh, Phoenix. I am going to go one-one tie. Um, as far as scoring, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Russell, but my second choice is going to be Zico. And then I say Monterey because of their spiciness, they're going to get the first yellow. Jared did not write anything down. Jared's just he's just <laughs> spitballing. <laughs> well, that's got me points so far, right? <laughs> <laughs> Me and Louise were like, we're writing it down. We're going to have it written down. And Jared's all like, whatever. <laughs> like they do something. It could really benefit him or it could also hurt him, right? He could. He might also lose second place. But who knows? It's, it is a gamble, though. And we know Jared likes to gamble in well, matches. Likes and all. To gamble. Man, the man likes to gamble. Give him 100 and let him burn it. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> You you could have burned it in Saturday's match and you would have actually gained. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one you know, one time I choose not to, and of course, for those of you that remember, over the past couple of years, I did put, put something down on Republic in the August game uh, against Las Vegas, and it did not turn out well for me. <laughs> no. And you were there watching the match too, right? So exactly. Know. Oh maybe the God. maybe the secret is placing money and not going to the match. Either yeah. that or either that or just putting money down against uh, whenever we play Phoenix and I happen to swing by Oso Brewery. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, we are playing against Phoenix soon. <laughs> yeah, I got the whole day off, so that means I could swing by uh, the FanDuel or uh, Caesar Sportsbook by uh, Chase Field and Footprint Center, put something down. Yeah. Oh. 
So team, so you better get the win. You better get the win. There might be some money being placed there. So <laughs> get the win, guys. So on the Fox 40 broadcast with Rob McAllister and Camel Lassa, they were talking about Las Vegas and the field and the antics that they have with the llamas and the pools and all that other <laughs> stuff, which we already heard yep. plenty about from Jared. Somebody. And the uh, make your own uh, IKEA burgers was that there? Oh, it's Phoenix. No, that no, that that was Phoenix. Okay. But they, but they've actually improved since then. Okay. But yes, Las Vegas does have a lot of stuff going on. They are a little extra. Don't forget the helicopter with the money, the million right. dollars. Or the, the it was hilarious to have Rob and Cam revisit all of that and to talk about the stuff going on in Vegas. You know, uh, uh, on that field, and to have Cam say how. Kind of, it can be very distracting on top of the fact that it's a dinky little field. But anyhow, it, it just brought laughter. You know, it, it felt good to listen to those guys talk about it. Okay. So coming up, we've got, um, we're up against um, Monterey, Monterey on Saturday. Monterey on Saturday. But I jumped the gun and I thought it was going to be already Loudon, you know, and then it was like, no, then we go see Birmingham and then we go to Loudon and then. We come back home. So yeah, we do our little like East Coast tour. But it's so cool soon. because these games are all a week apart from each other. So it's not like you're going to have a Wednesday match interrupting it until we get to the Phoenix match where we have to uh, travel um, at the end of August. So then that starts in that that weirdo putting a Wednesday game in there. But whatever. Yeah. And then a Labor Day Oakland game and all that. But yeah, yep. next Saturday is the next match, Monterey Bay. Going to be at 7 p.m., so earlier start time, which is good. Trust me, y'all, because we experienced some uh, fog <laughs> last time that we went there. So it's probably good that they start earlier rather than later. Plus, the weather's always nice over there. So go there early, get some seafood. We know of a good spot if you uh, want to know where, where that's at. And uh, yeah, watch that game, too. And then after that, on Saturday, August 12th, we play against uh, Birmingham Legion. At 4.30 p.m. And uh, we're going to try to have our good friend Kaler uh, from Birmingham. Y'all heard him here last year. But it would be nice to have him back on to talk about Birmingham, what we can expect from them. So be on the lookout. I can't guarantee it because I need to get with them just to make sure that it'll work out for him. But we're going to try our best to have him on uh, our next podcast. Or if we have to do another one just to uh, talk about Birmingham, then we will. But uh, that's uh, for the future and upcoming episodes. So, all right. Well, sure, Jared. Any last final parting words here before we say good evening and see y'all next week? Go Republic. Go all soccer. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening in. And, you know, for the for the men who are on the squad, let's just keep getting those Ws. Let's keep bringing home the three points. Clean sheets. We love it all. We're your fans, number one, and we just want the best for you. This is a great way to draw the end of July, which seemed to have taken forever. But uh, now, you know, six-point week, you can't ask for much better than that. So now the the season really starts to wind down. Cannot wait for the Hughes match. And in a few days later, I'll be at the Phoenix match again. So... Cannot wait till then, but uh, I'm going to do my best to do so and go Republic. Yeah. And once again, everyone, if you can make the trip out to Monterey, please do so because uh, it's not that far from us and you're going to experience great weather. Uh, There's a really small chance I might be there, but I don't want to like say that I will be there, but 
I'm going to see if it ends up working out because uh, I'm flying out and flying back and flying back to the Bay Area, actually. So there's a chance, but no guarantees. But if you're able to go, we appreciate all the support. And we know that people are going to be out there. I've seen already some people commenting on the groups and asking uh, people about the situation on the Away Supporters Group section. And there is a section indeed. It's just uh, we don't quite remember what the section number is, but it is on one of the corners of uh, the stadium. Literally, actually, right when you enter, it's that corner uh, seating section, if I remember correctly. Um, so they have plenty of seats right there. So don't feel like there won't be that much seating. And and so uh, definitely go out, support the team, because uh, we need all the support we can get, especially when it's at a venue that is uh, more easier accessible, right? It's not that far from us. So, all right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for your support as always. We'll see you next Sunday here on State of the Republic Podcast. Happy heavenly birthday to my father and cue the music. And we're watching it really like in slow motion here, right? So we we're not him, watching like... a thing. You haven't pulled anything up for us to watch. You're, you're just, you're joking with me, right? Like, <laughs> you're joking with me. I'm like, wait, I see your screen shake. Unless I'm not sharing the right screen, but wait. Apparently not because that's, oh, uh, wait. Unless there's Golden Gate Fields. Wait. <laughs> Wait this whole time. <laughs> oh no! Please, Roboto, you messed up. Wait, how how are you guys commenting on the? We're I'm doing it from memory because I went and watched all the replays. Oh no, one that Wow. Oh wow! I shared the wrong I'm screen. I'm so glad I didn't get spicier on you when you said, "Oh, you're kidding me." I was gonna say, "What do you mean?" And then I was gonna get spicy on you, so you had a bleep job that you had to take care of. Oh, I need to. How do I do? I change the. Let's. And yet it was me that was spending a little too much time out in the sun today at the at the pool party. Luis doesn't even drink or smoke. Right? I don't know what happened. Jesus. Oh, you know what? It's probably good that I don't. It's probably good that I don't. You know what it is, Luis? You want to know what it is? You're leaving tomorrow for a, a trip. And I know where your mind is. You really want to get this thing into production. So we need to speed this up so you yeah. can get to production and put I, these freaking bloopers together. Because now you just gave us bloopers. That's good, right? I mean, we, we need the bloopers, yeah. So it's uh, I'm sometimes the one. No, what's going on? It's not letting me share now. It's like, okay, well, you're not going to. Oh, well, I'm still sharing. So what are you guys seeing? Oh, never mind. Just the three of us. Just the three of us. <laughs> you can make it. Where did it go? Where did it go?